Welcome to Love and Life. I'm Dr. Karen Anderson Abril here with my co host, Pastor Elliot Anderson. And Love and Life is your place to hear conversations grounded in psych research, psychotherapy, and biblical truth to help us thrive in love and life. It's time for another Love and Life Q&A episode. We've had a lot of questions come in and we want to be sure that we are addressing them and giving you what you are looking for with our podcast. We have three questions for you today, and then we'll release another Q&A episode later this week. Today's episode, there's a bit of a theme of betrayal, infidelity, drug use, lying, and how in the world can we believe and hope and know and have faith that good guys are still out there when we have been so deeply hurt and betrayed so many times in the past? Here's the first question. I want to thank you and Elliot for all the content you produce, especially your podcast. I recently broke up with my ex and went back to some of your older episodes, as well as listening to the most recent ones. They reminded me that he wasn't my person and what a genuine and healthy relationship should feel like. So a lot of your work carried me through some of the most difficult moments, and I cannot thank you enough. And her question is, I was dating a guy for a while and ended up pregnant and then had a miscarriage. He dumped me right after I had the miscarriage. To be fair, he had an autoimmune condition whereby the stress of everything was exacerbating his symptoms. We met on Hinge and during the initial stages, we spoke about what we wanted from our future, including children. Hence why we weren't using contraception all that frequently. But once I got pregnant, he was all of a sudden unsure and wanted me to terminate the pregnancy. Bailing at the first chance he got, which was post-miscarriage. It was a traumatic experience for us both, but not something we expected six months into a new relationship, which appeared fine on the surface. Not many people speak to these scenarios, so it would be great to hear yours and Elliot's perspective on situations like this. How do I trust another man again? Was I just being love-bombed and couldn't see behind the rose-colored glasses? My ex explained how different I was from his previous partners, how understanding I was of his autoimmune condition. This man told me he loved me and on many occasions supported me when I had lost my job. I was paying real close attention to actions and ways he demonstrated love. At that point in time, it felt so real. Or perhaps maybe I was delusional because as soon as I lost the baby, he fled. It's really difficult for me to trust what men say now because I never know if they're being genuine or simply buying time until the next best thing comes along. This has put me off dating and the idea of being in a relationship as I fear the same scenario would replay itself. Or alternatively, I'll be so guarded that I won't be able to completely let go and relax into a new relationship. Yeah, first of all, we're sorry for you. It sounds like you loved very well in that first relationship, at least the first one we're talking about. And losing a baby is profoundly sad and difficult. And that's a lot of trauma, a lot of grieving, a lot of need for healing. I know she said he was grieving as well, but you don't grieve and leave the woman whose baby was yours. So whether he love-bombed or just panicked or freaked out or whatever he did, she's going to need to forgive him, not rebuild relationship with him. I would not Mm -hmm. suggest that, but forgive him and recognize that's not a representation of all men. But if she doesn't do that work of forgiveness and healing and grieving and mourning, She's right. She will carry that 
that wound will be carried into her next masculine appropriate relationship, even if she loves well again, and she will be afraid and not be honest and open and put those walls up. Yeah. How does she heal? Because it was the trauma was so deep. She's grieving the loss of her baby. Also, he tried to have her get an abortion. which And she lost the relationship. So it's right. like threefold. Right. So that's why the work is going to be pretty comprehensive. There's almost a little comprehensive PTSD here on a, on a bunch of different fronts. Right. And again, whether she gets some counseling or just does some work on herself, she's going to have to work through some processes to heal from each of those. But it sounds like she loved well and that for a time he was loving. I wouldn't say he's the worst guy in the universe, but you and I would both be quite upset about his response to the, mm. to the baby and everything, especially when up front that was a part of the likelihood of movement. Because they were both saying they wanted kids and so they... They were, yeah, involved in that planning and the process and then for him to bail is terrible, but to not carry that to the next man automatically. And right. it sounds like she's wise enough and aware enough that she was trying to build the right way. And I think one of the practical applications here is to just monitor her thoughts. And it sounds so simple, but it's so profoundly important. And I didn't ever go through something so painful as what she shared. I can resonate, though, to a degree of you have this disappointment and you there were so many great things about the relationship. You wouldn't have been with him even six months if there hadn't been all those good qualities. And then to I would remind myself, okay, maybe that relationship, as painful as it ended, was there for me to remember that I can have that feeling again with mm -hmm. a partner. Now, it wasn't this guy, but I can believe. It gives me, in a strange way, even when mm -hmm. it goes south, it can remind me there that energy is available to me, that I will have it again. And then just the tension here that's hard is to not then go, because it didn't go right in this situation, that means that every time I feel this, it's bound to go south. That is, I'm bound to be hurt again. And that's a cognitive thing to remember this guy. And even it can be a, a short statement that you say when those irrational, legitimately understandable, but not rational thoughts come up like, all guys are going to break my heart in the end. All guys are eventually going to say mm -hmm. one thing and then do another. All guys will end to heartache and disappointment. You remind yourself, you go, no, that's not fair to other guys out there. There are good guys out there. You have to remind yourself by having these statements so that your thoughts don't get overwhelmed toward the negative. And that she doesn't believe she's worthy of a guy that will care and stay and be involved and engaged and walk through these stages of life with her. Especially because when she indicated that, like you said, she was open to dealing with some of the frustrations he had to With his medical stuff. Yeah. With his autoimmune. Yeah. So I was thinking just how I would also feel a little bit burned in that sense. Hey, yeah. I was willing to go there and sure. maybe a lot of other women wouldn't, but I was okay with that. And then you still dump me in the end. And that, so just to get a handle of those thoughts, because that's where you can start getting overwhelmed with flooding of negative emotions as well. And to recognize going all the way back to where I started, the loss of a child, even one that was not born, is right behind loss of a spouse as the number one sad and grieving and stressful event in life. And so that she's got to give herself some time to heal from that. Writing out thoughts, even things like writing out a letter to the unborn baby, what you were going to name it, all kinds of stuff to try to help work through that grieving. Because otherwise that'll follow into the relationship next one also, not just the relationship part with the man, but actually the loss of motherhood. So many losses, so many losses. So thank you once again for sharing your heart with us and we hope that our thoughts have been helpful please do reach back out if we can provide you with any follow-up 
information or if there's anything that develops, we are here for you. Next question. I've been in three committed relationships now that have all lasted seven years. They have all ended because I caught my husband slash partner lying to me repeatedly. I've been lied to about debt, infidelity, and drugs. Are there no honest men out there? I'm an ISTJ personality type, and this is probably the most important quality I look for that feels like it should be basic, but has been so unobtainable. Whoa. Man, feeling so sorry for her, first of all. That's painful. Yeah, and again, we don't have a ton of information. Each guy's different, but obviously each is manifesting character issues that are pretty strong. So all three of those betrayals are significant. So first of all, I'd want to tell her, hey, you need to take some time to heal and maybe give yourself a little bit of rest from any kind of significant relationship for a little bit. Do some counseling, do some grieving, do some self-reflection. And now I wonder if there's kids involved. The idea of three long-term committed relationships plus one was at least the husband. There's a good chance there's children involved. So maybe you can focus there for a while also. And then again, we'd want to, if she called me up or went on our line and got consultations with you or me, we'd want to do some work with the, the whole context about let's talk about how these relationships started, look for patterns. If she's introverted with the I part of the uh-huh. Myers-Briggs there, she's introverted and judgmental, although that's not necessarily a negative judgmental quality. It's more about discernment and black and white thinking. Then maybe she is looking for that balance that is a little more dramatic, a little more extroverted, a little more out there, and she's getting caught being drawn to guys that don't have the same kind of character, even though they have good charm and charisma. Yeah, present flashy, maybe very attractive, maybe charismatic, but the substance is clearly not there. The integrity is clearly not there. Yeah. And so again, maybe we'd have to look at environmental, where she met these guys. One's from a bar, one's from a friend of a friend, and one's online or something. Then maybe we're looking for different environmental cues. And it's this is tricky. That's a lot there. Yeah. And sadly, there is a pattern because three very long-term relationships and to have that sadness therein and that deception therein, I would also want to look at what red flags may have been mm-hmm. waving that she wasn't able to see what was blocking her from seeing them. Again, we spoke to fear earlier. Fear can overwhelm us to where, or we might go, oh, it'll work itself out, even though it's not solid now, but it'll be fine later. Any of those kind of messages she may have been telling herself that we'd want to identify those cognitions. and Yeah, and is she a really strong maternal, nurturing, feminine spirit that Mm -hmm. is wanting to help these guys become their best self, and yet they're not able to, they don't have the maturity, the character, the integrity. Another interesting thing is the seven-year point, because I teach in my classes and in my premarital and marital conference stuff that it takes seven to 10 years to build true soul-to-soul communication and partnership. And that doesn't have to be hard seven years, but it does take intentionality. And so if you're not getting to know each other deeper and be more honest, more truthful, and more authentic, you can gloss over some things and it just moves along, especially get a couple of young kids in the mix. And it's just a lot of functionality and difficulty as far as raising kids. It's just hard work. And all of a sudden, these new things emerge to recognize that there's something in that pattern as well. And maybe she's going to have to do a little more intentionality up front. Mm-hmm. I saw a great quote from some movie recently where every date's really an interview. And in a sense, it's true. You don't want to be overly in your head about it. Right. But if she goes back into the market here soon, to, yeah. seems like she does a good job 
drawing and connecting to men. Mm -hmm. So I doubt she's going to be now lonely the rest of her life if she doesn't Mm -hmm. want to be alone. But I think I would do some intentional work about reframing, restructuring. Yeah. And as you mentioned at the top of this question, just that healing, Mm -hmm. because there's that's a lot. That's a lot of pain. A lot of woundedness. And if the kids aren't with dad anymore, too, that's a lot of pain that you're Mm -hmm. watching with your own children at the same time. There's a lot to work and she's going to need a community, some resources around her to support her. Thank you. Another very vulnerable question. Thank you for honoring us with your vulnerability. If you're interested in processing further as you align your mind, body and spirit, we're here for you. Head over to loveandlifemedia.com and click on the Work With Us tab. There you can book individual or couples sessions. Or sign up for one of our support groups. Purchase one session or a multiple session package. We'd love to work with you. Sign up at loveandlifemedia.com. Okay, next question. Subject, boyfriend issue. Hi there. This is a two-part question. I'll try and keep it short. So I ended things two years ago with my boyfriend when I found out he was using drugs recreationally. Apart from that, I loved him very much. The last two years, I couldn't stop thinking about him compared to the guys I was now dating who were not right at all. So a few months ago, I decided to contact my ex. We have now been back together for five months and we are both now on the same page about the issue and he's so emotionally supportive and a caring man. Just sometimes I can't help to think he used to do drugs. As to me, I find them almost scary, but understand that in the UK, it is sadly considered normal for a lot of people. I just don't want to constantly worry if this issue will come back again. And I feel so bad because I know how much he loves me and would never let me down. How can I just start living in the moment and trusting? Thank you. Elliot, that is... Oh, there's a lot there. Yeah, it was interesting. Comparatively, she was saying that her ex was using drugs recreationally in a way that she wasn't okay with or aware of. Therefore, it sounds like she broke up and yet said the other guys she was with weren't. That was an interesting comparative. I know. I thought about that too. Yeah. And I have no issue with her going back per se, but what has changed? Yeah. Did he get sober? Is this just occasional weed? Are we talking something more significant in the recreation? What people consider recreational now drugs can mean a lot of different things. But I would want to know, there, there has to be some kind of intentionality. You already were together for two years. And so if you're back together now, five months, and it's going pretty well, we celebrate that, of course. But I think if you're going to move towards a deeper, longer-term commitment, there needs to be some pretty open, honest conversation about the drug issue moving forward. What does that look like? What does it not look like? How do you get the honesty and the trust and the transparency in there? Essentially, she has gone against her own values yeah. by being with him. But he's fantastic in the emotional connection, emotional intimacy, support, encouragement. Sounds like he's a good guy, but he might have a drug problem. So a drug problem is a big deal. She was not for that and broke it off before. So again, I'm not anti being with this guy, but you certainly better have some pretty intentional structure and conversation in place. And what does that look like? And she can't be his accountability partner, by the way. I think that'd be a terrible idea. He right. doesn't want to report to her no. clean today. Or, that's codependency. Yeah, in that's the nightmare in its romantic relationship. Yes, yeah, state is, yeah. But she needs something to help her security, her trust, her faith that he is clean and sober and moving forward. Since I think she's going against her own values. That's the catchy part for me. Well, it's tricky because we talk about values so much. And 
I think for many people, it would be a legitimate deal breaker. Mm-hmm. Recreational drug uses. Well, it sounds like it was for right, her at one it point. It was. And it's something she does not want in her life. And then she tried to date other people and didn't feel that connection. And the research on addicts, they are oftentimes very charming, very charismatic, mm-hmm. very warm, emotional. And so that accessibility, at least it feels like emotional yeah. connection. But because they, I question their ability to have true intimacy because they cope. Mm-hmm. And when we have emotions that are intense, the mature response is to move through them and to manage them and to find ways to cope that don't involve getting high and breaking the law in some cases and also breaking off relationships in some cases. Yeah. And what this recreational looks like. Are we talking about occasionally smoking weed on the weekends? Are we talking something every single day, multiple times a day as a pure addictive coping mechanism for just maintaining life? The functionality gets dependent on that. And that's a very different level of use, even if it's quote unquote recreational. So what do you think? Can she ever make peace with this now that she's made this choice? Or will she always in the back of her mind go, you know what? He claims to be sober now, but can I totally trust him? Or... Sounds like she made (laughs) enough peace to move back in. Yeah. And again, remember the physiological sexual bonds that were likely in place if she dated him so long much before, that's going to automatically pull her back anyway. And if she wasn't sexually, physically bonded to these other guys, there would be a difference. Like, why don't I feel that same thing with these guys? If you weren't involved in that kind of romantic relationship in the sexual realm, it's going to feel different. I just want to give her more comparative language. Mm -hmm. And I tell women all the time, trust your instinct. So her instinct was to go back. So therefore, if you're going to go back and it's going well, then you got to be intentional to build the foundation that's necessary to move forward. And like you said, if it's not communicated and learned how to do a different level of intimacy, my work with addicts, for example, nothing replaces that draw, that dopamine rush for a drug or a substance better than true depth of relational romantic relationship with spouse, partner, or parental relationship with your children. And then the addict has to push through all the anxiety and everything that's kept them from doing that in the first place and going to that high for that feeling. Right. She did not say he's an addict. So that's why I'm not sure what that looks like. Oh. We'd have to hear more. Yeah, that's true. Um, she said she didn't use that language. So I'm curious, but you yeah. have a fair point for sure. Either way, sounds like both need a little individual work and it wouldn't hurt them to have a little couple work as well, just to make sure if she's getting ready to consider moving to the next level, which I think she is, or she wouldn't have written. And I also, on the flip side of what you said, trust your instincts. And then I also want to caution as a woman to woman here, And as a woman who was out there sometimes comparing for years Mm -hmm. to the last true love that I'd had is after two years that she just give up, that Mm -hmm. she could find that dynamic, that intense feeling of connection with someone who also didn't use drugs. Mm -hmm. And if she gave up and went back from a place of settling to some degree, I think that she needs to be real honest with herself and just ask herself that question at least. Yeah, and if the other guys she dated during that separation period were also involved in drugs and other things that were against her values, then they were not going to be, they weren't going to go anywhere anyway. She could have been choosing other guys that subconsciously weren't going to work. All right. So there's a lot lot of food for thought right there. And yeah, feel free to give us any follow-up questions. And I want to encourage the people that write in, don't think you're giving us too much. The more info you give us, the the more helpful we can be. Otherwise Mm -hmm. we have to make assumptions. Yeah. Trying to fill in gaps. Yeah.
Again, we want to thank you for trusting your heart and your issues and your concerns with us. We are honored to be able to provide our thoughts, feedback, and we hope it feels supportive, encouraging, and empowering. Head over to our website, loveandlifemedia.com, where you can find some resources and book a session with us if that feels like something that would be helpful and supportive. We are here for you. We're here to help us all align our mind, body, and spirit for empowered relationships. And until next time, make it a great week. Love and Life is produced by Tim May and hosts and executive producer, Dr. Karen Anderson-Abram.